Welcome to the Goal Crazy Podcast. We explore what it takes to reach your crazy goals. I'm your host, Jason Vandeveer, and together we're going to learn to take life to the next level in Goal Crazy. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Goal Crazy Podcast. So in this episode, we're going to listen to, this is a goal crazy story for sure. (laughs) Uh, I have Aziz on here who, he is the host of his own podcast. Actually, he has several podcasts you're going to hear about in his journey, but he had left his job years ago to follow his passion, not really sure where it was going to lead. His passion was around podcasts. Not only did he grow his own and several of his own, but now he's caught in the attention of other companies who pay him to be the host of their podcasts. And now he's able to live the life he wants doing something he really loves doing because he followed his passion. And I'll be honest, having several conversations with Aziz is one of the things that motivated me to go start my own podcast. It was maybe a small desire of mine. And then once I started talking to him and kind of seeing the journey that it's taken him on, it really helped inspire me to go forward on this one. So if you're somebody who's on the fence about following your passion, it doesn't have to be a podcast. But if you're thinking about following a dream of yours, I think this can be really valuable for you to hear some of the the lessons and the tips that he has learned along his way as he's worked towards his goals. So let's go ahead and dive on into it. Hey, it's Jason Vandeveer. I'm here again with Goal Crazy. And today I have the privilege of being here with Aziz. I'm super excited. He has an incredible story of following his passion, his crazy goals, and just following the journey and seeing where it leads. And he has a lot of insights from that to share with us. So Aziz, morning. Great to have you with us. Uh, Why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little about yourself. Thank you. I love when people call me Aziz. It's much easier. My full name is Abdulaziz Alhamdan, in case people (laughs) are wondering. And look, I had a totally diverse life experience because from very young age, I felt I didn't want to be average. I felt I didn't want to die with my song and my heart. And so literally, I have defied many things. I have left a great corporate job just to explore the world, explore what I want. I bought into crazy hypes, shiny objects. I thought shortcuts are the way, but I found that actually it's not. It's taken the long way to the thing that your compass or your heart is telling you to go to. And now I have almost 600 interviewed with well, on wow. um, four podcasts with some amazing people in the world, like from the World Economic Forum, Goldman Sachs, Harvard University, LinkedIn, C-Suite, Google, uh, the Vatican Church, all kinds of great people. And I've been lucky, privileged, and it had been a crazy, crazy ride. I like that. Now, you said a long journey. How long has this journey been? When did you get started with your podcasting interviews? I I will say that actually, look, Every time you step forward, you see new avenues that you can go through. And therefore, it wasn't planned that I will go through podcasting. But mm-hmm. the journey has been more than 10 years. Mm-hmm. I have left, like I said, a great job to be forced to return to my mother's basement, as is uh, like a typical thing where everybody was looking at me with a look of disapproval, tell me why don't you just follow the mainstream narrative. But I refused. I believed always that Every second that I'm spending on my dreams is worth a billion hours spent to get paid by someone else or making someone else's dream come reality. So it had been ups and downs. I had been periods where literally like I made less than 200 bucks in a month or whatever, working super hard. And there have been periods where they have been great, but the podcasting started 
at the beginning of the pandemic, we were all at home. I'm an introvert. I thought, look, social skills are the differentiator. Let me interview people just to learn to have conversations. And boom, it worked. It was wonderful. So the start of the pandemic, that wasn't that long ago, though, right? So uh, in a matter of three years, give or take, right, your life has changed in a lot of different ways. Yes. And I pushed and I challenged myself because as an introvert, whenever at first I will do an episode, I will need, I don't know, a nap or three hours of rest because it exhausts me totally. But I kept on pushing the envelope. I remember in 2020, in August, I did recorded 90 interviews in 30 days. I was living on Red Bull. One of the days I published five episodes and Apple refused to publish the fifth and they sent me an email to check whether I'm a like a robot a bot Mm -hmm. or a human being so I thought that's really cool yeah that's incredible yeah it's interesting too I mean three years you know it's like when you're following when you're on the right track things move quickly right they might have the ups and the downs right you might not see how quickly they are moving but shifts are happening how long before you kind of went all in on you know your podcasting working for yourself following your own vision how long was this kind of in your head where you were thinking about taking the steps towards it, the leap of faith before you actually did it? I will tell you, there is a moment that clicks where I notice it. It's not only for me, but for everyone else, where Mm -hmm. following your dream is not an option anymore. It becomes something that you will not, you will refuse to do anything else. Like Mm -hmm. I will make it or I will die trying. So when Mm -hmm. that moment happened, it happened mostly when I turned 30. And then I thought, look, my 20s have been like uh, trying to follow shiny objects to follow what other people said is the right way, even in the like alternative space where some people will say, I don't know, affiliate marketing is the correct thing, uh, blah, blah, blah is the correct thing. But I wasn't following my own truth and taking time to stop the rat race and running like a headless chicken to sit down and think, What do I want? What do I value? What is important to me? That's really the moment that changed everything because I decided to trust myself and to bet on myself Mm -hmm. rather than feel weak and think, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I have to listen to someone else's plan. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. You finally take the leap to trust yourself, right? Otherwise it's, yeah, if you have that insecurity and you're not able to trust yourself, then you just trust other people, right? Your employer, whether you like them or not, right? You trust them more than you might trust yourself. You kind of talked about knowing your truth, knowing your passion. Do you feel like you knew it, you know, fully when you got started? Or was it like you just knew the first step and it kind of presented itself as it went? I will say two things. One, Mm -hmm. Meditation helped me understand which voices or like instincts are mine and which are programmed by society, by parents, by media, whatever, so that I can differentiate what is my truth and what is not. But about life, and I hope we will speak about this. Look, I understood life wrong for the longest uh, way. I thought it's like Thanos or whatever. You're the superhero. You're making everything happen on your own that's the dream, you'll be like an Elon Musk or whatever. But all those people, they were helped, they had people on their way, that helped them in many ways. And therefore, the power I found through podcasting is the ability to find people who I have chemistry with, who will become a part of my tribe. So instead of uh, having that thing where you're born into a family into a community, you intentionally now we have the possibility to intentionally build our tribe. And therefore, those people help you. 
I have been offered like three different good jobs since I began podcasting when I was in Ukraine and I escaped the war. And I told you about that before. It was people, even some people I met one time who allowed me to stay alive and be able to escape at a time where it was a war zone. The place was getting bombed and a lot of people didn't even speak English. So that helped without that help, without people, without knowing that it's building a network and having people you help you care for and who care for you. That's a differentiator. And then that allows you to follow your goals, live your dream. And that becomes somehow an excuse for you to help people and for people to help you back. Yeah, I like that. It all comes back to people, right? Those relationships. A lot of times we want to do it all on our own, right? I don't want to ask for help. I don't want to tell anybody that I want to do this until I've done it, right? There's like that level of pride, like, well, people might, you know, until I launch a podcast, I don't want to tell people I'm thinking of doing it, right? And it's like, you know, that's not the shortcut, right? It's like, it's going to be a lot harder. There's a lot of people who can help you along your journey. Did you think you knew how much you were passionate about podcasting before you actually started with it? I know like for me with my planners, it's like, I knew I liked planners, you know, and helping people set their goals, but I didn't really know, realize how, how much that like challenged, but like satisfied and fulfilled me until I got started. And the next thing just presented itself and I went deeper into it. You know, how was that journey for you with podcasting? Did you know right away? Like, I, I definitely want to do this. This is something I've always wanted to do. Or is it like there was a small spark that just grew as you leaned into it a little bit? Thank you. And first I'll comment on something about people not telling others about their goals, their yeah. dreams and all that. Look, what I understood in this world is that we try to be perfect. We don't do anything. We want to be a 1% top, amazing, exceptional human being. But what I discovered, most people don't take action. You will tell everybody all your goals. Nobody will compete with you or do anything. So you being consistent with anything puts you in the top 90% in that field by definition. That's what I found. That's what motivates me. That's what healed my imposter syndrome and all that. And therefore, it was, I had a spark for the podcasting, but it was the positive feedback from people where I was doing podcasting, not following somebody else's system, but asking questions that are interesting to me. I will be listening and curious to learn. And therefore people will be like, where do you come up with those questions? Most podcasters have like the uh, set of questions that they tell me and yours are different. They were not unique. In marketing, there is this uh, axiom that being different is better than being better because people cannot judge what is better. If it's marginally, you know, everybody's pushing the envelope, it's only marginally better. They will not know who is better than who, but being different makes you stand out. And therefore it was, I, I used it literally. Uh, when people began giving me feed, uh, positive feedback, I thought, okay, let me discover my zone of genius. After podcasting, I will speak with each guest and say, what is unique about me? What did you notice that was different and all that? And many of them said the ability to create things in this world that you didn't just talk about podcasting because I started for you did it, you began doing it, you were consistent with it. And you are doing something that gives you energy, which is me asking questions that I'm interested in that allows me to understand who I am, what am I good at, and that spark grew into much bigger things. I like that a lot. Yeah, and that kind of comes back to like you brought up earlier, trusting yourself, right? It's like, yeah, you get on there and as you just lean into your own personality, your own strengths, which a lot of times is scary at first, right? It's like, oh, well, this other podcast does this and I might like that or everyone does this. I should do that when the reality is like, 
when you're your own unique way, yeah, like different is better than better. Yeah, it makes you stand out and people relate to you because you're a person, right? You're unique. I like that a lot. Hmm. Thank you. And another thing that you mentioned, which is really, really important. Look, if you don't do it your way, the way that gives you energy, you will end up giving up. Like, okay, I, I had burnout from the whole thing, although it was by choice. I wanted to see how much can I create in one year and all that. And that's where the 600 episodes on my four podcasts came from. It's like, how far can I take this? It was uh, from my own thing. And I did burnout. And then I understood, look, I love it. I did it this way way and I was able to do 600 episodes and I'm still going on because I'm doing what interests me. The introduction is funny to me. I tell like once upon a time at the beginning, who, who begins a podcast with once upon a time? I do because it's fun to me. It gives me energy. I ask people about like funny things or I see a founder. I remember I spoke to him about hero worship that too many people worship entrepreneurs who are succeeding as if they made no mistakes. I told them, is this true or did you get lucky? Because luck is a part of the whole process. Luck is you trying again and again and again and again and again and again. And one time you get a breakthrough and that breakthrough takes you to the next like level. And therefore, again, you will get stuck and try again and again and again and then go to the next level. And that's how life is. It's, it's both consistency, volume, quantity, and learning in order to produce quality and refusing to give up until you keep getting lucky again and again and again. Mm -hmm. I like that. And I think it's a good thing to point out is like entrepreneurs make mistakes, right? Actually, probably most of the things like, I feel like most of the things I do are probably a mistake, right? It's like, you just got to keep trying things. Jeff Bezos, he says, fail forward and fail fast, right? It's like, you just got to keep trying things. You learn more from trying things than you would from thinking about it, right? Like action brings clarity. Just get started. You know, when you get started with your podcasts, it's like, oh, now I'm clear on this. I really like this, right? Like these are the people I like interviewing. These are my strengths. But uh, you could have never figured that out just from trying to brainstorm it all and then start it when it was perfect in your head, right? Because- it just couldn't be. You know what yes. I mean? And for me, you know, I was thinking about natural evolution. How do mm -hmm. like new genes uh, propagate new traits and all that? It's through mistakes. There are mistakes in the DNA and some of them work out a few that will really make the, spe the whole species adapted to the environment and able to survive and be flexible. But most of the natural evolution and what nature is doing, it's making mistakes all the time, trusting that some of those mistakes will turn out to be some creative innovation that changes everything. And mm -hmm. so that's the attitude that I took. I like that. Yeah. It's like they say, you know, everything happens for you, not to you. It's just all, it's all part of the journey. What do you feel like for people who, you know, maybe they're just working there, you know, working for somebody else and they're not happy with it, right? And they feel like they want to go try something new, but maybe they're not completely clear on what their passion is and they're nervous about making a mistake. What advice would you have for them as a first step to take to try and maybe figure that passion out uh, and to overcome those fear of making mistakes? Thank you. I'm hearing two questions. One of them about the mistakes. Yeah. Actually, look, I, I think about it in, in like some political science thing. What they do is uh, they call it in French. I'm translating it like doing a bubble and seeing whether the bubble bursts or it grows. So what they do is they will pre-announce something and see the po people's response to it. If they like it, they will announce it. If they don't like it, they say, oh, those were rumors where we had nothing to do with it. So those mistakes are not really mistakes. It's you testing the market uh, 
I see mistakes as a language where mm-hmm. you're learning the language of whatever you're trying to do. And therefore, it's like babies saying like Google Gaga or whatever. That's mm-hmm. not a mistake. They'll be like Google Gaga and the father will be like uh, dad, papa, or mother will be like mama. So they're correcting you. So you think you're making mistakes? Look, you have to start somewhere. All people in this world have to assume something to be correct, test it by doing it. If it's a mistake, then you think, okay, uh, this doesn't work. I will try something else. And you keep on trying another thing and another thing until you find those that work, you invest into those and keep doing them. And what doesn't work, you stop doing it. So Mm -hmm. you're basically learning a new language. And therefore, uh, my attitude to that about people who are working for someone else who are hating their life, look, life is really, really, really short. And I will tell you, when you're not living your dream, but you're following your passion, life is still exciting. Like the the journey is fantastic. Even if you get mistake, like you facing mistakes, you get problems, you get obstacles, you think deeply, like, because you remember, and I remember those times when you were stuck, when you were working for someone else, where you were making zero dollars and working <laughs> harder than any anybody else. You think, look, I get to do this you get that humbleness and gratitude because you have suffered before, because you have been in that situation where your boss was treating you in ways where you couldn't stand up for yourself because you had no other choice. So giving yourself and making time for you to create choice in your life where you can say no to things that don't energize you because those are killing your soul that is worth everything. And therefore, to people who don't have the time, I say, make time for it. I remember there is an advertisement or a publicity or whatever for for uh, the Wall Street Journal. I think one of the hip hop guys or whatever, he had a busy day. He has like, I don't have time to read the Wall Street Journal. But then he stopped and he opened it and he went to like a, a room and closed the door. And he said, but it's so important to me, I make time to read it. So look, nobody has time for anything, but that shows you either one of two things, either you're afraid, but you have to do it afraid because you cannot, you will not start correctly. You have to make the mistakes and let the reality tell you the feedback of what works and what doesn't work as well as look, begin now because hope makes you feel alive, you'll wake up excited in the morning, waiting for those couple of hours that you'll be working on your passion and on your dream. And therefore, it will make your dreary day much, much brighter. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point of like life, life is short, right? And it's like, we don't want to spend our whole life doing things that we have to do, right? There's no way I'm going to be 70 or 80, 90 years old, like when I'm, you know, getting near the end of my life, like, you know what, I wish I did more things that I had to do. It was like, no, I wish I would have done more things I wanted to do, right? Like, I wish I would have had more people tell me what to do, right? Like, I want to do more things that I chose to do all on my own. And it's, yeah, it's like, I'd rather have where I'm, you know, the months, you know, when you're starting a business, making zero or negative amount of dollars is like <laughs> part of part of the journey, right? But it's like, I'm waking up every day with the energy of like, I'm doing what I want, right? I'm following like something that's bigger than me, this vision that I have in my head. And it's, it's exciting, you know? And it's, uh, yeah, with people in time, it's kind of like, we all have the same amount of time, right? People like you have the same amount of time as I do as, you know, the richest, you know, the Elon Musk or like the, the people who are at their nine to five job, like we all have 24 hours in a day. It's yeah. Are you doing what you want to do? Or are you doing what other people want you to do? You know what I mean? 
since then. Yes, and I remember I read a quote just today, just before this one. It said, I wish I started this later, said by no one ever. So <laughs> nobody will say like, oh, I wish I started this after more like a couple of years or whatever. And this happened to me, look, I had a, like a someday list because I used to love like getting things done, GTD or whatever. And there is a list of things that you put to do someday. And that list kept growing and growing and I wasn't touching it. And then I understood in reality, there isn't such a thing as someday. So if mm -hmm. something is important to you, and that's what I did, it was like in learning some languages because I, I learned five in total. I love languages, wow. I love cultures, travel and all that. And therefore I said, look, I'd rather do 15 minutes every day for a year than think, oh my God, there will be a perfect time where I can dedicate three hours a day to this or blah, blah, blah. And therefore, look, someday doesn't come. There is no perfect time. There is no perfect moment. And therefore, if something is important, begin today, make time for it. Even if it's five minutes compared to zero, you know, the difference is infinity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. And I think, uh, you know, we talked, I know on our first call, we talked a lot about kind of the journey that you experienced following your passion, right? And it's like, lots of times you have those old, those previous experiences, even when you were at an employer or some of the mistakes you might've made when you were first starting out, it's like, they prepared you for what was coming. I don't know if you've uh, experienced that where everything just kind of stacked on itself, right? It's like, oh, well, I'm prepared for this because, you know, I did it this other way and it completely blew up, but now I know the right way, <laughs> you know? Do you feel like you have any stories or examples from your own experience of how, you know, each kind of thing was a milestone that prepared you for what was next? Yes, perfectly. But first I want to point out something that at every moment, life is poking at your weakness and therefore, it will hit you hard. Like well, people who think they're being like secluded, they're being protected because they have a job or anything like that. No, life will find a way to really, really poke at your, the weakest point in your armor or in your personality. And therefore, we all will go through the same amount of pain. Might as well go through pain that is worth it because you're following your goals and your dreams rather than like getting laid off suddenly from a job you hated and therefore feeling triply betrayed because those people who didn't even deserve you, that's how you feel, are laying you off. Suddenly you have to find something new. And thirdly, you think of all the time wasted that you could have spent following your passions. And I will say, look, there are many things that happened to me that helped me in many ways. And I will tell you this, mm -hmm. podcasting, let's flip it in another way. From podcasting, I learned how to make real life friends much better <laughs> because or even me like I'm an introvert normally I wouldn't have this dynamic range and I didn't train it and all that it's just when you're trying to have fun doing things then you will develop skills that match your personality and therefore this excitement or my voice that sounds oh my god so excited it's because I'm excited I'm, I'm saying yep. things that I believe I'm not. Okay, I will tell you. And this is something that I told you before. My very first episode was the worst episode of podcasting ever. And mm -hmm. I recorded it. It was not well done. The, for some reason, my laptop was dying at the time. The voice sounds like Darth Vader. So many like weird things. And I, I had a choice between deleting that and doing it again or thinking, look, it's my first episode. I don't want to have the pressure of perfection. 
I will publish it. And I did, and it's still there. So that mm -hmm. there is no point in time where I think, oh my God, I'm getting worse than ever. No, I have such a bad episode that sounds so horrible and so disjointed and so badly made that no matter, even on my worst day, I'll still be miles ahead of that. And therefore I have no pressure to be excellent or to do it. And therefore I will, I will say this. Mm -hmm. I believe in this life, we have this light or guide inside us. And it guides us in two ways. One through desire, like the thing we get curious about is often a sign where we should go, but also our biggest fear, because that is like the biggest weakness we should strengthen. And therefore, if you do what you're mostly afraid of, and if you follow your curiosity towards things that light you up, you will end up elevating yourself higher on a peak to see more of what is possible and to discover and see clearly what your future or your passion should be and understand that it's temporary. What I see, everything, I see it as a skill and preparation for a next level in my life. And therefore, when I was studying, for example, and I learned English. Well, it's allowing me to speak with you right now. I'm not, I'm mm -hmm. a third language English speaker. I'm not even the second. It sounds um, good. Yeah, I would not you. have known. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. Things like that. When I was small, my parents divorced. I was uh, really depressed and all that. I mean, like even before I, uh, there were when I was very small, but uh, growing up with a single mother and like in a very poor, bad situation in North Africa, I read a lot. And reading allowed me to develop vocabulary, to know how to express myself, like things like that. I was reading to escape reality and it turned out to develop skills into me that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I like that, you know, following your desire, you know, it's going to, it's going to lead you on this journey up to another point where you can see things clearly. How, uh, you know, you, you launched this very first episode, right? You knew it was bad when you launched it, but it was it was okay, right? It gave you the confidence. I'm sure you learned more from publishing that than you would have from a month of thinking about it more, right? <laughs> and it gave you the confidence to get started. How did is that journey, following that desire, what are some of the insights about yourself or you know, your own desires, your own passions? How has that kind of grown throughout the journey since you started that episode? Thank you. I discovered something about myself is that I'm defiant and mm -hmm. my motivation is not fear. It's not even desire, it's really defiance, where I will look around and think, I refuse this life. I, I refuse to have uh, this life. I want something better. And that pushed me to do the work, to click uh, publish when the episode was not so good, because I understood that's a step towards no more having uh, whatever that I felt I didn't deserve. Why? Because I was putting in the effort. I was not just dreaming about it. And that really kills your confidence. I spent 10 years literally preparing, thinking that it makes a difference. But in reality, look, when you do something, it's never how you imagine it, no matter how much you read about it. If you spend 10 years reading about how to swim, it's you will never know how to swim. You need right. to literally swim to know what that means. And then insights become totally different. I changed from trying to prepare to just-in-time learning where I understood, look, when you're swimming and then someone says, oh, when you stroke in this way, it pushes you forward in this way, you understand it because you have real life experience in it. But reading about it and memorizing it and understanding it theoretically, and then when you're doing it, you will not know what the hell is going on, nothing. 
I like that analogy. It's like, yeah, you got to go jump in the water, right? Like stop reading about it. Just get in the water <laughs> and uh, yeah, learn it, learn it out there, right? Or read or yeah, have somebody guide you, but you need to get into the water eventually. And learn. another thing, any plan like, okay, you think you have to jump and swim or well, let's do a business metaphor. Someone mm -hmm. said, okay, this is how you start the business. This is how you find the idea. This is how you structure it. Anything you're learning was an idea someone else got that nobody told them and they tried it and it worked. So why not you? That's how I think. Like the best practices in anything were just some quirky ideas uh, some people came up with and they uh, worked and people just adopted them. They're not the only way. So it's part of betting on yourself and trusting yourself to think, look, I can be the source of knowledge. I can be the source of planning. I can be the source of best practices. Why? Because why not? I mean, mm -hmm. nobody else has a bigger right than you, no matter how many people say uh, it is. And another thing about life, uh, you trust people because of their past performance. But as they say in those Wall Street advertisements, when they put below past performance is no guarantee of you future returns look somebody could have the Midas touch and suddenly they say oh they lost it so uh, who cares about what somebody said in the past you can trust yourself be the one who creates reality and therefore as Peter Drucker says and I love this quote the best way to predict the future is to create it not to read about it not to listen to someone else not to wait to be ready create the future you want and that's the best way for you to predict it mm -hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah. The, the past doesn't tell you what's going to happen in the future, right? It's like, if you, I don't know, if you look in your past, well, I've always worked a job or, oh, my business has always performed at that level. It's like, great. That doesn't tell you anything about what's going to happen tomorrow, right? Anything you could have a bunch of clients reach out to you today, right? And want to do business with you or something crazy could happen and take you to a whole nother level. So I, I think that's a good thing to remember. Yeah. You can, you can change it any, at any time there. So uh, you started your podcast, you know, you launched your episode right there. When you launched it, could you ever really know the journey that was ahead of you with your podcast? Or did it just kind of present itself? Did you know that on your horizon was going to be four podcasts <laughs> or uh, just the direction it was going to take you in? Or maybe did you think you have an idea, but then, you know, got some clarity and it started to just change and modify and go in a different way. What do you think there? And to have a podcast that I'm getting paid to do. So yeah. even, you know, I have now a business, an IT company or a startup that is paying me to do their podcast. And I do what I love. I do it's fun for me. And I'm getting paid. Like if you look at my hourly rate, it's astronomical, but it's because then I don't need to work that much compared to doing what I love because I'm doing something that is so unique to me and about the journey. No, I had no idea, but I have this theory that I learned about life when mm -hmm. I began reading about chaos theory, about randomness and all that. And I understood, look, there is no plan to life. You cannot know what will happen in one year, the doors that will be open to you. But the way I see it is imagine you're in a roadway with 100 doors. We know statistically that Okay, 95% of those uh, doors, let's say, are empty. Uh, four of them will have like a nice treasure and one of them will have like a million dollars in gold. So what can I do except open more doors? That's one of the reasons why I went for quantity with the 600 episodes because I thought, look, 
if we look at the law of large numbers, which is like 2.5% or 2.6%, I know that 2.6% of those episodes will let me meet someone who will be life-changing or will be so exceptional, they'll go viral or whatever. And therefore, that's what motivated me because I didn't take each episode as a like the final outcome in itself. I just took it as, okay, I opened this door. I'm not the judge of what's behind the door. I have to open it to look on what's behind. And I don't like a door is not less valuable because it has nothing. Now it's open. Therefore, I have less doors to open before I get to that 1%. And so I didn't know, but over time, opportunities came all because I was a yes man, like that Jim Carrey movie where I said yes to everything, open doors. I don't know. Some guy, he can have like 10 followers, but he seems interesting. I'll interview him and then I'll say, okay, can you introduce me to the like someone interesting, you know? And suddenly I'm, I'm having a, an interview with like a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. You know, you never know because I don't care about it. All I care is that I'm opening enough doors to have more 1% that will accumulate in my life. And that relates back to the people afraid of making mistakes. Do 100 like things or tasks or podcast episodes or goal uh, like steps or whatever. One of them will change your life. And that's what keeps me excited. Mm -hmm. I like that. And if it's like, you know, lots of times people have this frame or this mindset that they're afraid of people or, you know, I don't know, things might not turn out good, but it's like, if you kind of have the mindset of I'm, I'm one connection, I'm one podcast interview away from completely changing my life. Right. It's like, that's going to make you really excited to go connect with people. And I like the analogy of, you know, your doors, but like that people are those doors, right? It's like, I got to just, the more people I talk off to, they open up opportunities that you you never know, right? And it's like a lot of times you meet the person who is the perfect person for the challenge that you're in front of you right then, right? It's uh, it's like if that person would have met me earlier, I wouldn't have had the challenge that they can help me with. If they would have met me later, I would have been stuck because I never got this challenge solved. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, I like that. Just make, open lots of doors. That's a good analogy. 100%. And I spoke to a lot of people about this. It's when you are opening a lot of doors, magically, somehow, it seems that when you're almost like running out of money or almost like going to give up or whatever, a person will open a door for you that will keep you going. And mm -hmm. therefore, it's, it's not only you that needs to keep yourself motivated, you just need to push yourself to reach your limit. And trust that when you're at your limit, hope will come somehow to some person, some way, as long as you're, you kept opening doors all throughout the time. Mm -hmm. And on the flip of that, I'm sure lots of times you're that one person for somebody else, right? Where they've hit their limit and they're like, I don't know what to do next. And then they get connected with you and you're that person for them. You know what I mean? Actually, I have a really interesting story about this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. I was, okay, it sounds crazy. I thought it's only in movies. I was part of a volunteering like group with some people that were really wonderful. We worked together, together on projects for orphanages, etc. And when I began my podcast, one of them was this really wonderful girl who was active, who was really happy. And it was during the pandemic. I thought, look, I'm not big enough to get big guests. Let me fill it up because it matters. If you have, let's say, 20 episodes, if someone important sees it, they're like, okay, this person is going places. They're active. They're not like waiting, waiting, waiting. So I thought, okay, let me interview people I know. 
I began another podcast with my neighbor. I'm like, why not? <laughs> you know, let, yeah. let's go for it. So I, I um, call message this girl, you know, at first I said, Oh, I would like you to be on this podcast with me, uh, etc. And she said, Oh, no, sorry, I'm, I'm not feeling too good. But can we speak a little bit? And we had a conversation. It was positive, uh, really good. And then later on, a year later, I saw her again on a volunteering project, another one, after the pandemic, when things opened up. And she said, you know, you did something really positive to me that you don't even know you did. And I'm like, what, what happened? Mm -hmm. She said, you know, that time when you messaged me and we spoke, I was literally going to commit suicide to kill myself. And mm -hmm. in that moment, you messaged me, I thought, okay, one last human conversation before I end it all. And you spoke with me, you gave me good energy. I thought, okay, I feel good now. I will do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow she felt better. She said, okay, I'll do it the day after, the day after. And she didn't do it. She kept on living. She kept on giving to this world, being a positive person. And it was that moment, like literally she said she had her whatever pills, sleeping pills or whatever here and the phone here. And in that moment, she was going to do it. And the message was the last thing before that she saw before doing it. And therefore, I was the person who, as she said, saved her life from herself. And it was also because of the podcast. And mm -hmm. also because I didn't even know I would be the person who opened that door for her for life. And to me, it's really touching. I never thought such a thing happens in real life. But I felt privileged. I felt lucky. And... I'm happy that happened because she's still alive and well. Yeah. Yeah. That's an incredible story. It's like, you didn't had no clue that when you yeah, launched your podcast, right? The trajectory would take you on the people you'd cross paths with at just the time where you could save somebody's life. That's uh, that's huge. Yeah. Hmm. Did you ever get her on your podcast? <laughs> no, she didn't want to get it. All right. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. I like, yes. Not yet. But also at the same time, like you said, you don't know who the people are who will say yes to you. Mm -hmm. I, what, like I have less than 1,000 followers on Twitter. I interviewed people with 50,000 followers. Why? Because they have more than 100 episodes. Doesn't mean anything. You could like interview your neighbors. You know what I mean? It's just a perception of you not giving up, you mm -hmm. being one of the few who stick to it. Uh, there is a saying that the difference between a beginner and the master is that the master is a beginner who refused to give up. And therefore, nowadays, excellence is not really what people are impressed by because it's too rare. But consistency is so mm -hmm. rare that by itself, people translated into ex something exceptional. Mm -hmm. I like that. If you could uh, go back to yourself you know, the younger version of you that was thinking about launching your podcast and give them a piece of advice to help yourself through the journey. What do you feel like would be a piece of advice you'd give yourself? I know what it is. I just want to remind people and even myself that I am not the same person as that. I mean, literally. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. even if I went and told that because there is a big difference between hearing something and experiencing the things that will get you to that insight. There are books that I read, and then I read them five years later. And I'm like, whoa, I didn't know they had they said this. This is like, mm -hmm. I, I, I know what they mean 100%. 
at the time when I read it, I was blind to it because I didn't have the experiences. And therefore, even to myself, if I went back and I told myself anything, I wouldn't, it wouldn't land because I did not have those. But I will tell you this. At that time, I believe that excellence of work, and yes, it matters, but like how much you put into your craft, all those things are what makes the biggest difference. But in reality, no, reciprocity is what makes the biggest difference in this world. It's the energy, the law of success, or whatever you want to say, that when I meet people, all of them, I even like DM all people who follow me on social media, and see who responds because not everybody does. And then those who respond, I get them like on a 15 minutes call and say like, what are you working on right now? What are, uh, what obstacles are in your way? Uh, How can I help you? And if I can connect them with someone else who can support them because they're perfect match, I do. And suddenly people remember that when they come across an opportunity that is good for you, they bring it back. And that's how life seems to work. It's not because you're this professor, magical genius. It's because they remember, oh my God, you helped me before. I'm I'm happy to help you back. And that's something I did not understand before. I grew up in a family where people said, okay, you get your diploma, your diploma will give you a good job. People will uh, like, based on your work, on your grades, on your blah, 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 will reward you. But even about jobs or if your job is announced anywhere is not a good quality job. I understood and found out that the best jobs are never announced. They just ask their network and say, we're looking for a CMO. We're looking for blah, blah, blah. Do you know anybody who is worth it? And they will introduce them. And therefore human introductions that are built on relationships and alliances that you create through reciprocity and giving in this world it comes back to you in ways that what you see is not reality, but the doors that are invisible that people open because you have been a good person to them. That's really how success happens behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. A lot of the kind of journey of starting something is you just trust the process, right? It's hard in the moment, you know, when you're going through challenges or uh, it's like when you, when on your highs, you think like, oh, I've got this all figured out. Right. (laughs) And I'm like, you'll have another period where it's like, I have no clue what I'm doing. (laughs) Uh, But you just kind of have to trust the process of the ups and downs. And I like that. Yeah. Lots of this just comes from connections with people, right? It's like lots of times we're afraid of people, but the more people we connect with, the more things we're bringing into our life, the more we're able to help other people and the more they're able to help us. Nobody knows who you are they can't listen to your podcast, right? Like if nobody knows who you are, like they can't buy your products or services. And uh, if you don't know who they are, you're not able to help them. It's, you just got to start forming those connections. Thank you. And an important thing that people should remember is you don't make money. You receive money from other people. Mm -hmm. And therefore people are a factor in you earning money, no matter what, anything you want in this world, It doesn't exist in a vacuum. Someone else has it, whether they created it and you pay them for it, or they will give it to you as a part of a collaboration, or they will facilitate you being able to get it. There is nothing. There is not like some barren island with all the things you want and it's there and you just take it or you're making money. You're not printing it. You're not the Federal Reserve or whatever. So if you want 
whatever it is that you want, the success you want, listeners, well, they are listening to somebody else or they're listening to music. They exist. They're people. Everything. Mm-hmm. We are living in this virtual reality where we think of people as numbers, followers, uh, whatever it is. But no, anything in this world that you desire, someone else will give it to you at some point, And therefore, you have to know them. You have to build a relationship of trust and create a beneficial win-win reason for you to get the thing that you want and for them to get something that is worthy to them. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. People help you on your journey. And then it's like, return the favor, right? When you meet other people who are on their own journey and you can help them, like give back to them. It's all right. We're all in this together. (laughs) Yeah. I like it. Any, uh, last pieces of advice, you know, for people who are nervous about following their passion before we wrap up today, what do you think? Okay. It's something I did, and even Gary Vee talks about, but I did it even before I heard him say, which is, look, people stop because they don't want to disappoint or to have like some negative reputation with some people in their lives that they fear will judge them negatively. And I will say, do things that will make them judge you negatively, the similar, mm-hmm. uh, similar to, uh, it doesn't have to be something crazy, but whatever it is that is not the identity that you have been showing to them so far. And therefore they think, what? This is out of character. What are you doing? But then you get yourself knowing that even though they disapproved of you, you didn't die. And probably they moved on to another thing because they're busy with their lives. You're not the center of their universe, no matter who you are. And therefore you will have proof that really start, do what you want. People are too busy with their lives to even care about what you're doing. And even if they judge you, which that doesn't happen, they will judge you for like, what, 30 minutes? And then there'll be some gossip or news on TV or politics, and they'll get busy with that. And, and somebody else to complain about. about. <laughs> yeah, there's this quote, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but it's like, maybe when you're 13, you start worrying what other people think of you. When you're 50, you stop worrying about what other people think about you. And then when you're 80, you realize no one's been thinking about you the whole time. (laughs) And it's like, I think one of the interesting things that happened to me with, you know, my journey of starting goal crazy is lots of the people who I was the most afraid of, of what they might think of me. Maybe there are people from, and that I hung out with in high school or whatever. It's like, Oh, they're going to think this, if I do this, or they're going to think, you know, less of me. And, uh, you know, maybe a couple of years went by and I saw them at, uh, like a, a get together gathering and they, I feel like I was nervous to talk to them because I thought they would definitely be the people who had all the negative things to say, but they were like, you know what, both two people in mind who I was probably the most nervous of their opinions. They both told me like, you know, I've been thinking of doing something similar and seeing you go do it has inspired me. Cause if you were able to do something like this, then I, I can possibly be able to. And it was like this big shift in my head from like, yeah, lots of those people. I had no idea that that was something that was even on their radar that they might be interested or that I could inspire them in that way. So it's, yeah, you just don't know where people are in their life and how you might be able to affect them. So I like that. Don't worry too much about what other people think about you. Probably not thinking about you at all. (laughs) But all right, well, hey, how can people connect with you, you know, learn about your podcast, hear more about your story? What's the best way for people to connect with you? 
Thank you. The best two ways will be on Twitter, which is mm -hmm. the name of my podcast, No Code Wealth, which to me, I want to reclaim the word wealth from the financial wealth to understand mm -hmm. it's living a rich life, it's wealth of time, relationships, emotions, etc., as well as my full name, and probably it will be in the description or the show notes, mm -hmm. uh, where you can find me on LinkedIn, you'll find me with some like green background with uh yeah a thing i am active on both anybody can feel free to message me to ask me any questions or just enjoy the podcast i put a lot of heart and effort into it and thank you all right wonderful yeah i'll put both of those in the show notes and thank you so much for joining us today aziz it's been interesting getting to talk to you it's been helpful sharing your value your insights you've had from your own journey so Keep it going. Keep following your crazy goals and we're going to be here to support you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's my privilege and my honor to have given even a little bit of insight to any person who is on this journey similar to me. Mm -hmm. I like it. All right. I will, uh, I'll talk with you later. Thanks for joining us today. Like I said, Aziz has some really insightful tips and lessons that he has learned from his journey. So hopefully this helps give you the confidence to follow through on your crazy goals. Be sure to check out Aziz. I'll put his information in the show notes. You can check out his podcast, follow him on social media, and be sure to continue to follow the Goal Crazy Podcast. We'll have another episode coming out on Tuesday. Click subscribe if you haven't already, and let's go crazy. Mm -hmm.